Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. People lie to be loved. We see it everywhere. We do it ourselves, even if we don't acknowledge it to ourselves. They can be lying about money. They can be lying about drinking. They can be lying about gambling. These are all the things that we don't feel we don't feel proud of. Part of many everyday interactions. I feel incredibly hurt and betrayed by this. Yeah, I think it's natural um, in certain contexts. <laughs> but of course, I didn't know that there was someone else on the scene. Or they lie because they've done something they know is terrible. Every day, all day, when all of us do this. Well, I was devastated. Hi, I'm Duncan Smith, and this is Pants on Fire, the Fibber's Guide to Lies, Lying and Liars. So I'm thinking that nothing gets you quite as hurt, mad or disappointed as the realisation that you've been lied to. I know that it really gets to me. Whether it's a politician, a lover, a mother or a Nigerian prince, being lied to stinks. And there's more of it going on all the time, especially if you've made it to the top of the heap, it seems. The election is being rigged. More about that particular straight shooter in later episodes. This podcast series, in case you haven't already guessed it, is about lies and lying. We examine why we lie, look into the way we lie, and hear about the impact of lies on us and those we interact with. So, what is a lie these days? We got together while we were at university, um, which was back in the sort of early 2000s, and then had a split around the four, four and a half year mark. But we then got back together um, and all up spent nearly 18 years together and were married for a, a good portion of that. This is Katie. Her marriage and happiness have been thrown into jeopardy by a serial liar. The first split occurred because I had gone on to do further university study and he had gone to work and the two lifestyles apparently weren't, weren't working. Um, and it was made much easier because I was in one city and he was in another. So he had essentially free reign to live a a double, a double life, but I didn't learn that until, as I say, a long, a long time later. Um, that he he was cheating on me then and lying through his teeth. Oblivious to much of this deception, Katie kept working for a better future together. His parents um, came to town, so I wasn't going to say anything to his mum. But then um, she said, um, "Do you think he's cheating on you?" And I said, "Oh, that's." interesting why did you ask me that and she said oh because he was doing it when you first split up all those years ago let's put katie on hold for a few moments and consider the role that lies are playing in her story clearly there have been lies and deception going down 
for many, the realisation that your partner has been cheating on you and is lying about it will be devastating. Why is it that some lies are so excruciating? Well, there are other lies that we shrug off with apparent ease. A few basic questions first up. It's completely normal to lie, and it's a natural and uh, perfectly unobnoxious part of many everyday interactions. Simon Keller, Professor of Philosophy at Victoria University, Wellington. A lot of the time it's considerate, it's compassionate for you to say things that you know aren't true, and with the intention of having someone, to some extent, believe things that aren't true. So yeah, I think it's natural um, in certain contexts, (laughs) in others it's terrible. Katie would tell you that the lies she was being told were terrible. So why do we do it? Lying to the people that we're closest to and care most about. Mark Wilson, Professor in the School of Psychology at Victoria University. The reason that we tell lies is because we are reinforced for doing so. Most of our behaviour comes about as the result of being reinforced. We actually get something in return for doing the things that we do. So when we say to our partner yeah, you look fantastic in that, we get some kind of positive reinforcement. So that person turns and smiles at us, for example, and that makes us feel good. Um, If we go to someone and um, con them out of their life savings, we clearly also get reinforced for that as well. So like much of our social behaviour, our lying and deceptive behaviour is we continue to do it because we are reinforced for doing it. We all tell lies sometimes, but there are lies and lies. Most people in relationships will tell you that theirs is built on a basis of trust between the partners. Carrie Haywood, relationship counsellor. When I think about it, there's, there's the things like the little white lies. It's about something that matters to some degree, but they're small things. Maybe you spent a little bit of extra money on the groceries, or maybe there was a little scratch in the car that you don't want your partner to know about. But they're not things that are going to challenge the safety of the relationship. They're not, they're not going to be a threat to the relationship or core values in the relationship. Maybe people in that instance, they do a little juggling act in their mind and think, well, actually, it's not about anything that's profoundly significant. It's not really going to affect the relationship, but do I really want to have to sort of bust through a conversation on this? And then there's other lies which are going to profoundly affect the basic sense of trust and connection in the relationship. So obviously these are the things about lying about sexual infidelity or even sexual attraction or emotional infidelity, financial mismanagement, you know, the big stuff. These are the things that if you're a partner, you do want to know about. And people feel an incredible sense of betrayal if these things are not revealed in the relationship because it puts them in a place of kind of working out, well, what can I really trust here? Am I safe in this relationship? Do you really value me? Betrayal. There's a word that will resonate with Katie. Hearing that her partner had indeed been cheating on her years ago, and with the dawning knowledge that she'd been lied to repeatedly, Katie was in turmoil. I oscillated between cold, hard rage and just feeling absolutely sick to my stomach. I actually discovered through the wonders of modern technology that actually he had been cheating, systematically cheating for a long time um, and my suspicions had been entirely correct and he had stood and lied cold to me at that point. 
I ended up being able to access some email traffic that had gone between the two of them. He hadn't been sensible enough to use an email address that wasn't perhaps accessible to someone that he had been seeing for such a long time. So it was cold, hard proof. I printed out a selection of the the emails because I still had access to them and I had no desire to have a lasting relationship with them thereafter. Um, if I never saw him again, that was that was absolutely fine. Feeling hurt and rejected, Katie sets up a meeting. So he strolled in and we did the polite chit-chat thing about like how, how respective lives were, la-la-la-la. And then he got round to, OK, so let's, let's talk about this thing. Your dad has blocked me on social media and I don't understand why he's done that. And I said, well, it's because he's really angry about what you've what you've done and how you've behaved. And he was like, I've behaved impeccably. Um, I don't know what you're I don't know what you're at. We've been very civil through this whole thing. There's been no um, sort of angry recrimination or, or anything. And we've settled things financially quite well. And I said, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. He thinks your behaviour. Oh, are you back on this unfaithful thing again? And I said, <laughs> yes, because I know that that's what you did. And he's like, I, ca- I can't believe you're still saying that. I, it's just, I just don't understand where you're coming from on this. So I said, well, OK, believe me when I tell you that I absolutely know that you cheated, not only recently, but in the past as well. How do you know that? Well, conversation with your mum was interesting and also um, I have proof. You can't have proof. Didn't do it. So I said, I'll give you one more chance, one more chance to say honestly um, and without looking at me like that, that you did this. It makes no difference now. We're we're done. We're dusted. Nope. No, no. I can't believe. So I just calmly reached down into my handbag and brought the printouts out and spread them along the table. And I had highlighted helpful passages of, of text because, well... Who wouldn't? And oh, the colour drained from his face. He just looked absolutely sick. Game, set and match to Katie. Of course, it's facile to describe it in those terms. No one will feel like a winner in this situation. Sue Morrison, relationship counsellor. People lie to be loved in relationship. Or they lie because they've done something they know is terrible, like having a fear and they don't feel good about it. So they lie for that reason because they think they're going to lose their relationship or they're not lovable because they've done it. I mean, most people who have an affair, most people in the bell curve don't feel good about having an affair. Yeah. It can be exciting and titillating. That can be the thing that motivates them. So in a way, they've turned away from the difficulties in their own relationship and sought solace somewhere else by having fun rather than looking at the problems. I sometimes wonder whether it's the betrayal relating to the lies told and subsequent loss of trust that hurts more than the actual knowledge that their partner has been having sex with somebody else. Carrie Haywood, Relationship Counsellor. These are deep-reaching betrayals of trust. And the thing that fascinates me actually is the wide range of ways that different couples respond to these scenarios. So you might think that there's a 
typical way that a couple might handle an affair, but actually the way that partners respond to these scenarios is very diverse. And for some people, it's just absolutely black and white. You've gone somewhere where it's just absolutely not permissible for me, and through you doing this, it means that the relationship's ended. So that's, that's one end. And then for other couples, it might be something like, what does this mean about our relationship and where we've got to and what are the processes that have led to this? You know, for another couple it might be, I feel incredibly hurt and betrayed by this and I don't understand how you can do this. Help me to understand. So for a good proportion of couples, if they're willing to engage with the issues that have led to that breach of trust, they can work their way through it and get reconnected and sometimes actually it can be um, a catalyst to a much deeper, more intimate, more engaged level of relationship. So if there's been an affair, it can mean the end of the relationship or it can mean a renewed engagement in the relationship. While it may be encouraging to hear that the partners in a relationship can repair the damage, we also need to understand that no two relationships are quite like any other. Here's Dan. One evening she just announced that, uh, that, that it was over and that she, she wanted to separate and didn't really want anything to do with me anymore. I had no idea, none whatsoever. So of course it blew me completely out of the water. Lies and dishonesty turned Dan's whole life upside down. I was devastated and of course I wanted to know, I wanted to fix it, you know, I'm a, I'm a fix-it man. But of course I didn't know that there was someone else on the scene. I just thought that she was dissatisfied and unhappy and maybe I'd be taken for granted or, or whatever the reasons that you start to sort of blame yourself for. My ex um, had a, an office affair. We'd been together well, probably about 20 years, married 12 or something, 10 or 12 years, before we got sort of hitched together and had the kids and what have you. So anyway, she had this affair which of course she sort of threw herself into rather than just have an affair and get it out of a system it was like all over let's let's just change the whole life or our lives or whatever but unfortunately there were two young girls involved which uh, was the daughters which was quite uh, you know bad Carrie Haywood relationship counselor this is a really difficult situation for a parent to find themselves in and it can be incredibly painful and also there's a sense of powerlessness or helplessness as a parent once you've separated, for example, and the other parent has got children for part of the time and is um, telling them stories that um, you feel are, are unfair and not true. And some parents do actively, really and strategically try and manipulate the children away from the other partner. And it's a terrible situation. And Really, it's a terrible thing to do, I think, to children. And so the biggest thing is, ideally, if that other partner can start to understand the impact of that on the children, because they're not doing that for the children, they're doing that for themselves. Dan moved out of the family home and became engaged in a cold war with his long-time partner. Feelings of guilt, hurt and resentment fueled an explosive atmosphere between the warring parties. Every interaction was fraught with tension. I was staying just up the road with my brother on the week that I wasn't at the house. And um, he had someone staying at that particular week so I, or that particular evening. So I said to her, 
would you mind if I stay in our house in the spare room after the, I'll come back after this function? It could be quite late. Just leave the door open. So anyway, the the, the evening progressed, and um, I bowled up there, and I tried the tried the door, and it was locked. So I banged on the door and banged on the windows. I didn't really want to wake anyone up, but you know, I was there. You know, it was late and I was tired. Finally, she came to the window and told me to go away. And I said, well, hang on a minute, we've got an arrangement here. No, no, go away. Out of frustration, I put a knee into the door. Broke the door away at the latch. And just walked in the house, walked past her and walked into the spare room and went to bed. Didn't think much of it. Uh, the next morning I came out and she's in the kitchen out in the porch taking photos of the broken door. And then she spins around and marches on upstairs and I said, what are you doing with those photos? What are you, what are you doing? You know? And she wouldn't answer me. And so I followed her up there and anyway I tried to grab the camera off of her, which I suppose you'd call, end up being a bit of a tug of war snatch thing. And um, I grabbed it and tried to pull the film out and I just threw the camera on, on the ground, disgust, and walked out. Well, the next thing that happened was I went, I went to work and I got a phone call at about late afternoon, about four o'clock in the afternoon, from the neighbour, next door neighbour, and she said, I don't know what's going on, but your wife's at home and uh, there's a locksmith here. And, oh, OK. So I jumped on a little motorbike and zoomed up and uh, sure enough there's a locksmith changing the locks in the house. And I said, you know, what the hell are you, what are you, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm just doing my job, I'm just doing my job, mate, you know, I'm just, just putting a lot, changing the locks. Oh, OK. And then she walked in. What are you doing here? You should have had an order put on you by now. And I said, what do you mean an order? Oh, I've had a protection order. I said, what's that? I didn't know what a protection order was. Oh, well, your lawyer should have passed that on and blah, blah, blah. So I grabbed the phone and I rang my lawyer. And he said, oh, protection order, oh, that's serious. He said, uh, well, my advice is um, grab your most prized possession or possessions or whatever you can take with you and get out of there quick smart because if she rings the cops, you'll be arrested. It's a serious order. What? But but I li- this is my house. No, 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 leave. So I went out to the garage and got my prized car out <laughs> drove it away. Three months later I got my clothes. <laughs> I had to make a special appointment and have a friend go and pick them up. <laughs> he can laugh about it now, but the relationship founded and ultimately failed. While you can't load all the problems and issues in these relationships back to the lies we've been hearing about, it's clear that the lying and deception between the parties only made things worse. I never sort of thought that she was like a liar, but that's just how it transpired on this occasion. I don't like her and I don't have any respect for her. We're not on speaking terms as such. Sue Morrison again. The love and the hate, you know, that whole saying that love and hate are very close, so clear around separation, that the love hadn't got through and there was a lot of hurt about that, and so hate was the next step. 
couples I have come and they start to talk and I help them go deeper into what's going on and how they're feeling about themselves in relation to the other and how they make sense of little moments that go on between them and people get understanding of each other, they start to see their impact. The way through is to slow down and to appreciate that it's painful for both of the couple and stop and start talking about that. Now I wouldn't say my goal is to make a couple stay together if they come with something that's really hurtful between them. But I would say that my goal is for them to understand in a different way how come they're leaving. Saddened that my daughters have never really sort of, you know, we've never really come to a close sort of bond that we should have as fathers and daughters should have. So the older ones, mum's going to come pick us up, Rara. I said, look, you go down that drive your mother's not allowed on this property, I don't want her here. You go down that drive, that's fine. It's your decision. And the younger one's snivelling and, you know. And I said, I'll tell you both right now. You walk down that drive, you take your bags, you go. You're not, you're not coming back to this house. It's your decision. And they chose to do that. So it was like, see ya. And it was the hardest thing for me to do. Clearly, relationship splits can have long-lasting and painful ramifications. Would the outcome have been different if the parties had been more honest with each other and worked together to resolve the issues? We can never know that. It will come as no surprise that trust is a vital component in a healthy relationship. Lies and betrayal in this context are like rust eating away at the bodywork of your car. Ultimately, the integrity of the structure will be compromised leaving you in a leaking, rusty wreck. The relationship road is a bumpy one, dotted with potholes and other hazards. But if you start with love, then there just might be a way of getting through, but there are no guarantees. As Ambrose Bierce puts it, love, a temporary insanity curable by marriage. Of course, for the liar, it can be terribly hard to own up to your lies. To acknowledge you have feet of clay is to lose face and admit a failing, something which many of us struggle with. Deception, they say, is the quickest way to lose people's trust and your self-respect. That brings this podcast to a close. In subsequent episodes, we'll go back to square one, as it were, to explore the safety wheels fibs of childhood. Then revel in the most dishonest period of our lives as teens. We'll look into lying online and internet fraud and try and work out just how honest our elected representatives are. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe now on the RNZ website. And while you're there, dip into our growing collection of podcasts or, of course, you can listen and rate us on iTunes. I'm Duncan Smith. And this is Pants on Fire, the Fibber's Guide to Lies, Lying and Liars. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.